Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. So glad to have the opportunity to share with you today just a little bit about me. If you don't know me, I will have been on staff here at City of Life for 15 years next week. (laughs) So I've been around a while. I guess you could say I like it. (laughs) But I just want to extend my gratitude and honor to our founding pastors and our senior pastors. And anytime I'm in front of people, I try to make sure that I tell you that these are shepherds that are so trustworthy. They lead this church with so much care for you and your soul. And this is a great place to be planted in the family of God. So thank you so much. We honor you today. We are already having a phenomenal weekend. If you didn't know, yesterday and Friday, we had our Kids Conf, which is a two-day event. We had over 250 people here in this building between kids, volunteers, staff, and Pastor Jess reported that over 22 children gave their hearts to Christ at Kids Conference. Amen. And these days are so important. So if you had any part in that, thank you, because they're markers in people's lives. Kids go back to those moments where they met with God. And so we're just so grateful for our staff, our team, volunteers. Can we give them one more hand? Thank you so much for making that possible. So we're in a series called Summer Blockbuster. And when we were planning the movies that we wanted to cover this summer, we were talking about it back in April and someone said, oh, we should talk about instant family. And uh, someone put my name in the ring to teach this because if you're familiar at all with my story, Um, It seems that I kind of have an instant family. Um, And if you don't know me, you're going to learn a little bit more about it today. And so normally in uh, the Blockbuster Summer series, we show like kind of a creative uh, clip of a movie or, you know, we could have superimposed Pastor Jeff's head over Marky Mark Wahlberg's body today for instant family. But instead of that, I decided to show you some very personal vlogs I filmed Uh, My family is in the middle of the adoption process, which is why we have an instant family. And during that process, I um, just took some, you know, very candid video blogs because I wanted to remember what it was like in the middle of that. So we put a couple of those together today, and um, that's going to be our video clip today. So let's go ahead and watch them. So we are back at Bye Bye Baby. It is December 22nd. We found out a baby that was born on December 12th and we decided to put in for being considered. And um, we haven't heard much, but today our um, home study provider contacted us and said that the mom She's um, considering us. So that means we could have a baby, potentially. Um, So we need a few things. There's a promise you've been holding on to, and it's another year, another Christmas, another 
you know, I think that this season is kind of a marker. You think, wow, it's another Christmas and I still don't have that thing I'm praying for. It's another Christmas, I'm still single. It's another Christmas, I still don't have a baby. That's our situation. I'm gonna get a little emotional, sorry, but God is so good. his promises and so I just want to encourage you with just another just hold on hold on to his promises his promises are good he fills the hungry he lifts the lowly and that's his word for us today sorry gosh okay it's hitting home okay so I'm gonna take a moment and just do a little vlog because emotions are running high and I want to make sure to document this process. I look rough because I just woke up, but we've had a pretty um, rough couple days. Not rough because anything's happened, but just rough because nothing's happened. We don't know anything. The last we knew um, Monday, no Tuesday. Monday, they received our profile and passed it along to a birth mom. And since then, nothing. Radio silence. So um, yesterday at about 4.30, I emailed the home study provider and asked had she selected a family yet? And she said no. So we wait. And obviously my heart's with the birth mom thinking about all she must be experiencing, how tough a decision that is. And I have no idea what the circumstances are between behind her choice, but you know, my heart goes out to her and I think of the baby and God, our hearts just torn, you know, like, and it's Christmas Eve. So yeah, that's where we're at and just trying to, you know, make peace with it. But it is Christmas Eve and there's this romantic notion that, you know, we could be parents by Christmas, but it's looking like that's not going to happen. <laughs> and so coming to terms with that and then living our normal lives in the middle of all of it is really hard. It's a tough season, but also exciting, you know, because we do know that delay is not denial. And so, you know, every day we live, we're one closer to being a mom and dad. So yeah, <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> it's 12.07 on Christmas Eve. We're in the car. I have cried all my makeup off. He looks great as always. <laughs> but we're driving to Naples to pick up our daughter. You heard that right? That's driving right. Driving to Naples to pick up our daughter. We got a call at about I don't know, 9.30 this morning. The birth mom, I guess I could stop eating cookies. No, I mean, We're really what? nervous, I don't know. <laughs> it's a celebration. And then our birth mom had selected us. The same one I vlogged about earlier today. She landed on a decision and the um, adoption agency said, come get your baby. It's the Christmas holiday, so for the agency, they want to, you know, close early on Christmas Eve, and she said we could either um, take placement today or Saturday with the idea of our baby sitting in cradle 
we have our car seat from Black Friday yeah, yeah. that we had bought. And so we, we have all the essentials. Yeah. We did we debated should we get it out of the box when we first got this it. Wasn't, like, this wasn't no. nowhere in our realm of the possibility of like a situation like this happening. We're thinking yeah. I'm literally thinking like, you know, I have we're gonna have like between four and six months and not be able to, you know, prepare and every aspect and then we'll do it. We don't wanna wait. We wanna wait at the least until we're matched with someone and this is just all, all of a sudden. It all came together. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she's happy now. I think finally, I've been signaling. We are walking out with a tissue this time because I knew <laughs> it still makes me emotional to watch that because I remember exactly how it felt to be in the middle of that tension of waiting and this dream of our daughter being ahead of us and and um, you know today I uh, was really praying and and thinking about what to teach about and I thought I would actually talk about you and me I thought about a love that's so deep that it would go to any length to get us. And so today I wanna to talk about adoption, but not in an earthly sense. You know, adoption in an earthly sense can be beautiful, but it's also born out of so much brokenness because in a perfect world, adoption doesn't exist because families can stay together. But our adoption as sons and daughters of God is only good. And adoption is actually a significant part of our experience as followers of Christ. And so today I wanna to dig into that in a way that maybe you are familiar with, but maybe you've never thought about before. And if you are familiar with it, I want us to let God restore some of that wonder like Pastor Jess taught about last week at what our adoption into his family really means. Because I feel like if we don't understand it, we can live outside of this fullness that God's intended for us and made available for us. So I wanna start out with reading Romans 8, 14 through 17. It says, for all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, 
provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you that your presence is so evident in this place already. Lord, the way has been prepared and we just pray that you would move in our hearts today. We don't wanna leave the same way we walked in. So God, we just raise our level of expectation and we ask you to speak to us. Let our hearts be good ground today to receive the word and let it bear fruit in our lives, Lord. Lord, I just ask that you would help me to communicate clearly and to say the things that you would want me to say. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So like I said, adoption is something that those who consider themselves a part of the family of God all hold in common. If you are saved, you have been adopted into God's family. And you'll remember Pastor Jeffrey preached um, a couple weeks ago on Father's Day. He preached a sermon on Gladiator, again, summer blockbuster. And in that series, or in that teaching, he talked about an idea that was really common and was put out a couple hundred years ago that's actually false. And this is the idea that everyone in the world is brothers and sisters and everyone in the world holds God as their father. It's actually not true. Those who have been saved, who have put their faith in Jesus Christ, are sons and daughters of God. They call God Father. Only those who have been brought into the family of God through salvation can call God Father. And we know that according to scripture, if you've been around a while, God created man in his own image, and the original intention was so that he could have relationship with you. God wants a personal, one-on-one relationship. But we know that man sinned and broke that relationship. And when sin entered the world, so did death. And through that one man's sin, It entered the entire human race, separating us from God. But God was not going to let that be the end. The plan of God was to end that separation through giving his son willingly, his perfect, innocent, blameless son. And not only did God give his son, Jesus gave his life willingly for you and me. And because of what Jesus did on the cross for us, we can experience salvation. Now that word salvation, it sounds kind of churchy, it sounds kind of old, but if you think of the word salvation, the core is like save. When you experience salvation, you have been saved. You have literally been snatched from death and brought into life. When we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we are saved. So how can a holy God take people who are corrupt and ruined by sin and bring them close? And he does that through another churchy word. It's called justification. I want to explain that to you a little bit. I want you to picture a criminal court. Do we have any true crime lovers out here? You like love every Netflix documentary? Samesies. Okay, my husband was like, cut, cut it off. No more. You can't sleep at night. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I love these shows because I love the intrigue. I love the mystery. I love how when you get to the end, you really don't know who did it anyway. Um, and if you picture a criminal court, 
You know these lawyers spend months preparing a case and collecting evidence. And when they're preparing, they have these boxes and boxes and boxes of reports and evidence, interviews. You and I were brought into the criminal court. We were guilty. All that evidence was stacked against us. And instead of calling us guilty, God acquitted us. And you know how he did that? Through Jesus. Because when God looks at us, at the point of our salvation, when we put our trust in Jesus Christ, he no longer sees us and our sin. He sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ on your life. We're not justified by what we do, what we will do, our efforts. It is completely an act of Jesus Christ. But God doesn't just stop there with justifying us. You know, he could. He could just, that could be it. He goes a step further. And he takes us from the criminal court into the family court. Do you know what happens in family court? Adoptions are finalized. In fact, my husband, Kyle, he's right there on the front row. Hey, babe. (laughs) My husband and I will take our daughter, who you saw in that video, Micah, Micah Joy, We will take our daughter into family court at the end of this month, and we will stand before a judge. And the judge will look at all the reports that have been compiled and the assessments of our life, and he will make a judgment in that moment that determines that Micah Joy is officially a Moraine. She is Micah Joy Moraine. She'll get a new name. She'll get a new birth certificate, and she will be ours, and we will be hers forever and ever. Amen. (laughs) And that same thing happens when you are saved. God adopts you as a son or daughter. He could leave you on the outside, but he pulls you in close and gives you the same status as a child. So as I looked at adoption in scripture, preparing for this message, I was looking at Romans 8 and a couple other passages that mention adoption, and I noticed a few important points for those who are adopted into God's family. And so I hope you'll take some notes today, get your phone out, open the notes app. This will help you as you go through life. You can study it this week. But now that we've been adopted, we need to live like it. And so here are a few ways we can do that. Number one, walk like a child of God. Romans 8 verse 14 says that for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For all who are led. Being led implies that you're following. So who are you following? Are you following your own desires, your own will, or are you following the Spirit of God? Ephesians 5.1 says, be imitators of God as beloved children. You know, our daughter, she's seven months now, but from the time she was just little, we start, my husband started leaning over her and like sticking his tongue out to try to get her to do the same thing. We didn't care that it was rude and maybe a bad habit, I don't know. We just wanted her to imitate, and she sure enough did at two months old 
imitating what he did. And now that she's a little bit older, we try to clap so that she'll clap, wave. We're trying to do all these things. Kids are built to imitate. And it's also why we have a lot of unfortunate videos on the internet of kids saying things that they probably heard from their parents, words. (laughs) But kids imitate. We follow after our parents. And you know, a few years back I was in a lull in my spiritual life and I realized like I wasn't passionate anymore about following Jesus and it really like bothered me. And so I was praying about it and the Lord said really gently to me, how can you follow me if you don't know me? You have to be familiar with the one you're following. So if there's been a lapse in your love of the word, if there's been a little distance between you and getting into your Bible, you need to rekindle that urge to follow Jesus. So open the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. That's the entire life of Jesus. You can read his words, study his ways. And as you do that, you'll be able to tell what's the voice of God in your life and what is not so that you can follow the ways of God. Number two, talk like a child of God. Romans 8.15, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. And that word Abba is just an Aramaic word for dad. So basically it's just saying there, we cry, Father, Father, or Dad, Dad. What a privilege it is to call God Dad. You know, that word Father, it signifies intimacy. I think of my own dad and, you know, who he was. He's, he's alive, but who he was in the public when I was a kid. He was, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, Dad, love you. I know you're watching this. Um, <laughs> very much alive. But, um, You know, in the public, he was a businessman, a negotiator, a speaker. He had all these roles he filled. But when he was in the four walls of our house with me and my brother, he was daddy. He was silly. We knew a side of him that the the rest of the world didn't get to see because of that intimacy that we had with him. And as a daughter, I have a different level of access than anyone else in the world has to my father. And that's the same with you and God. He wants that kind of relationship with you where you call him father. And you know, I know that if you've had a negative experience with your father or you don't have a relationship with your father, your earthly father, it can really color the way that you experience God as father. But I want to challenge you. Don't allow your dad to define fatherhood. Allow God to define that. Amen. Our daughter, um, she's seven months now, I mentioned, and she's in a, in a phase where she's babbling. And so every time she starts babbling, my husband and I will get, like, real close to her and be like, mama, 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 dad, 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 dad. It's almost a contest to see which one she's going to say. It is a contest to see which one she's going to say first. Who am I kidding? And... Um, Even if you follow me on Instagram, you can see some videos where I'm like, I think she said it. She said mama, but the jury's out. We really don't know. Um, 
But if we are so looking forward to the moment our daughter can call our name, mom and dad, how much more does your heavenly father wait to hear you call his name? You're not annoying to him. He loves it when you hear, when you call his name. He loves to hear you call his name. I wish we would let the wonder of that, Pastor Jess, man, that sermon coming in clutch. I wish we would let that really make us wide-eyed again. We get to call God dad, the creator of the universe, the owner of heaven and earth and everything beyond. He is my father. When Jesus taught the disciples to pray, the first thing he said to open up that prayer was to say, our father. Let's let the beauty of that take our breath away again. God is my father. It is a privilege as a son or daughter of God to call him father. Number three, think like a child of God. Ephesians 1, verses 3 through 7 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise and glory of, great, of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Do you know how much planning went into your adoption? I think about our adoption process. You know, when my husband and I got married, we were a little bit older. Well, I'm older, I'm a cougar. He's two years younger than me. <laughs> but we were 35 and so we just thought, you know, We'll just let nature take its course and, you know, maybe we'll be surprised. Your adoption as a son or daughter of God, there was nothing unintentional about it. It wasn't like, oops, it wasn't that kind of scenario. And in our adoption, it's been a very detailed process. We've had to think and pray about it, prepare for our home study. A social worker comes to your house, opens your linen closet. I don't know why. We fill out forms. We get background checks. We had to have recommendations written. It was a months-long process. Every I was dotted. Every T was crossed. There was no oops about it meticulous, start to finish. And for the children of God, it's the same way. There is a security knowing that our place in the family of God cannot be compromised. So much went into your adoption. You were chosen before the world was even in existence. A way was made for you. <clears throat> And if you think back to your life, if you're a believer, you can probably think of the many ways God worked to bring each piece together to lead you into fellowship with him. 
You can think of the people who talk to you. Maybe you, you know, went to church or just so many things woven together to bring you into the family of God. That's not accidental. And so many times we live with the mindset of a servant or an outcast or someone who's on the outside looking in, trying hard to be a part. If we're not thinking like a child of God thinks from a place of security in our position as a child, we can try to work to maintain something that we could never earn in the first place. The Bible says you were chosen before the foundation of the earth and the decision was made long ago. Your mistakes and missteps can't compromise that. So if you struggle today feeling accepted by God, feeling secure in your relationship with him, it's time for a mindset change. It's time for you to think like a child and not like a servant. When those thoughts come, cast them down and replace them with something new, with what God says about you. Because if you've placed your trust in Christ, you are a child of God and nothing can change that. Men. Number four, this is my last point. Live like a child of God. Romans 8, 16 through 17. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Being called an heir implies a status and legal privileges reserved for sons and daughters. As sons and daughters of God, we are heirs to everything he has. Everything God has is yours. Every spiritual blessing is yours. Everything that Christ paid for on the cross, you have access to as an heir. And there's a difference between being a servant and an heir. They might work in the same household, but a servant gets a paycheck, which means they see an immediate payoff for their work. But a son is invested. They might not see the inheritance for a while. It may be decades in the future. But a son knows that in the long run, everything the father has is his. And so if times are hard, a son might decide, you know what, I'll give up the immediate benefits that I have so that we can pay the servants. I'll make sacrifices now because what the father has is mine even if it's not in my hands. It's a completely different mindset. So let me ask you, do you have a son mindset or a servant mindset? You might have a servant mindset if the minute things get tough, you wanna leave. You might have a servant mindset if when your efforts don't result in an immediate benefit, you quit or give up. A son is in it for the long haul, and so they know that being an heir implies a waiting period. 
I don't receive full access to the inheritance until the appointed time. And Romans 8.17 says we are fellow heirs with Christ and must suffer with Christ in order to be glorified with him. As children of God, we might have to go through some hard stuff before we get the inheritance. I bet you've been through some hard stuff. I have. But the beauty of this is that you're not alone in your suffering because you are suffering with Christ. You know, I'll never forget the day my husband and I went to a, what we thought was a simple doctor's appointment. And uh, the doctor looked at us and said, the word that nobody wants to hear, you have cancer. And I remember feeling like the same way I did as a kid when I got knocked off the swing set and it it, uh, knocked the wind out of me. I couldn't catch my breath. It was all I could do to just get out of there and get to the car. And then when we got to the car, all I could say was, what's happening? What is happening? And not only was it cancer, but it was um, endometrial cancer, which explained why we had had such a difficult time getting pregnant. And we had been trying for several years to no avail. And now I was beginning to hear words like hysterectomy, which um, no one wants to hear. And it was one of the most devastating few months of my life. My faith was tested in so many ways. But I never felt alone because I knew that God was right there in the middle of it with his hand on my life. Amen. And that was a tough season for me. Jesus used it in a way to kind of shake away the things that weren't like him and to refine me and to make me more like him. And I'm sure you have a story of your own about suffering and the things you've been through. But because I'm a child of God, I know the glory that awaits me. And I can suffer through the temporary. We can endure anything that comes this side of eternity. We can have a joyful spirit in the middle of the hardest times. We can stand and sing when our body is filled with sickness. We can give generously even when our finances are at the bottom of the barrel. We can keep showing up week after week after week to church when our lives are falling apart. Why? Because we are heirs to the riches of heaven. So in the middle of that diagnosis, I just kept doing what I'd always done. I just kept showing up. That's a good first step, by the way. Just keep showing up. Kept leading worship, kept working, kept praying, kept hoping, kept fighting. And I went in for a procedure a few weeks later where they would biopsy again and hopefully remove the cancer with surgery. And I remember going back to the oncologist for a follow-up just feeling like everything, my whole life was rolled up into this doctor visit. 
and uh, we sat down in the room and the doctor came in and said, oh, we have good news. I was like, okay, could you have called me and told me that? Like, so I didn't have to feel all this. And he showed me the lab report because when they went in to remove the cancer, there was no evidence of cancer. Amen. God had healed me. And maybe my family didn't come about the way that I originally planned, but God turned what the enemy meant to destroy me for my good. Amen. And I stand here now, a mom to this beautiful daughter, so thankful to the Lord because he knew what I didn't know. And you know, in our suffering and trials, maybe we see breakthrough and healing and financial increase this side of heaven. Maybe you get a baby by Christmas or maybe you don't, but I know what awaits us in eternity is so far beyond anything we could receive here on earth. In eternity, every tear is wiped away. There's no death or mourning or grieving or crying or pain. We will dwell together with Jesus. Everything will be made new. The shadow of sin and brokenness will be stripped away and we will live in the light of the Lamb of God. That is your inheritance as an heir. And life here has beautiful things, beautiful parts, but heaven is the inheritance of the adopted sons and daughters of God. That is your inheritance today. want you to know how loved you are today. And if you've never put your faith in Christ, if you've never had that experience of being brought into the family of God through adoption, this is your moment. All those moments in your life have led up to this moment right here, that moment in family court where God wants to declare you his own his own daughter, his own son, his beloved, accepted, loved, approved of. It's right now. Would everyone please bow their heads and close their eyes? This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.